you might not physically be in Kansas City, but you've got a crazy, awesome exhibit over at the Jones Gallery starting today, actually, as we record this and going until the 25th. That's over at 1717 Walnut, in case you guys in Kansas City want to check it out, which happens to be very close to our favorite spot, Taps on Main, which is where our studio is currently being built right now. So that's kind of exciting. So we will definitely be over there checking it out. Um, I really love the fact that you tied conservation causes into your artwork. Um, as we can see behind you, my shirt matches your wall, and that's pretty amazing. Um, what yes. were some of the reasons that you got into kind of merging the two? Yeah, so I've always uh, I've always been an outdoorsy type, type person. Always uh, fished and hunted and camped and hiked and and all of that. And you know, it's just it's just always been a part of of what I've I've done growing up. And I've been lucky to be able to spend a lot of time outdoors. And as my art has grown, you know, throughout the years, and uh, I, I think having a message is uh, is an important component to some art. You know, not every art has to tell a message and every piece of artwork doesn't have to make a statement. You know, uh, just having artwork that's cool and, and for decoration is, uh, is fantastic in its own right. And I do some of that as well. But, uh, you know, I think education is the key for a lot of areas. And I think people don't realize what's going on. I mean, like the monarch butterfly on your sweatshirt and in a painting, uh, you know, it's now endangered. Um, you know, per the, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife and, you know, who, who would ever thought, right? I mean, I bet if you ask a hundred people, you know, is, is this monarch butterfly and in danger, you know, people think of what the platypus and other stuff when they, when they think in that area. And, you know, people just don't realize that. And it's no fault of their own. It is crazy times we're living in and just surviving is difficult enough. Uh, but I think just getting the conversation out there and just starting to talk about it and, uh, and I think that's an important first step is people can say, you know, what can I do? Everyone doesn't have to be an activist and everybody doesn't have to dedicate, you know, their life to doing it. But if you know about this and you're like, you know, if I just do this one thing this month, that may be right. If I just plant some flowers or if I just pick up one more piece of trash or something, then, you know, that goes a long way when you when it's a cumulative effort by, you know, everybody in the city or, or state or something like that. Well, and, and where did you get going and get started? Like, you know, I know that, that you're, you've talked about how you started when you were like three years old, but yeah. somebody kind of had to help you start to figure out like, hey, this isn't just finger painting. This is like really good stuff. Like, how did you grow right. into that? Yeah. And you know, I, again, I've been really lucky. And, uh, you know, when I was going, when I was growing up, you know, I've always had supportive family that, you know, would let me draw and paint. And, and I had an art, I had art teachers in school, uh, from grade school that they would send my stuff off to, to like competitions and contests without me even knowing it. And it kind of grew from there. And then, uh, and then when I, I got older and I went to college, I went to K-State. I know you guys are, you're a fan of K-State and, uh, and, you know, I was an art major and I was lucky enough that, you know, my parents, they, they said that that was, that was fine. And, uh, you know, which, which is really good. Um, and then kind of my, you know, my career took a little different turn, right? I was a junior. I, I kind of, uh, well, not kind of, so I, you know, I, I dropped out of school and, uh, I hitchhiked to Alaska and I did a bunch yes. of other stuff <laughs> and, uh, and I worked in a cannery and on a, on a fishing boat. This was pre reality show days. So let's just, I'm, you know, I'm quite old. So, uh, but then I came back and art's always been part of, of my life. And I've always, you know, still drawn, you know, even though I got a business degree and I got a master's degree and, you know, I went on and get a PhD and stuff. And I, but I always 
withdrew and I always did this. And, uh, and then I, I started having family members saying, you know, this stuff is, is good, right? You know, you, you should, you should sell it or, you know, let me buy it or will you do something for me? And, you know, I'm to the point now where things are stable. You know, I mean, I have two kids as stable as that can be, but, uh, you know, you have, you know, I have, <laughs> we get uh, it. yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so I started, uh, you know, uh, entering art fairs and applying to galleries and it's, it's really, it's really started to, to get some momentum and grow. And, uh, and, you know, it's just something that, you know, even after working during the day, I come home and, you know, I still just, I, I still just love doing it. And, uh, and, you know, I'm glad that people respond positively to it. Right. You know, I'm glad that people like it. I don't necessarily do it because I think, well, someone's going to love this and, you know, this is going to sell quote unquote. I do things that I like, but, uh, yeah, I've had a good response and, uh, you know, getting into galleries and, you know, 2020 was a disastrous year for the art world. Uh, so, you know, so we had some uh, questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, really, it's like finding inspiration in a pandemic when art, I mean, of course, it can be inspired from everything from still life to uh, outdoors and crowded environments. But it's just like, how do you find inspiration in a pandemic when you might be in these confined quarters and kind of stuck, so to say? Yeah, I mean, that is that is a great question. You know, the pandemic overall has been awful, right? And so I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to search around and try to find some positives, uh, I think artists have had more time in the studio. I think they've had more time to reflect. And, um, and I think that people are producing a greater quantity of stuff. Now, the bad side is there's fewer places to show that and it's more difficult and uh to get that work out there uh but but i i think it's also a release at least for me like when i'm painting i i, I tend to not think about the other stuff going on and you know i tend to focus on what i'm doing so at least for a little bit there's some reprieve on the chaos uh and the uncertainty of the world and you know then you step back and you're like okay you know i like this this turned out well and then, you know, I walk upstairs and, you know, you, you know I walk upstairs and, you know, reality, <laughs> reality sets back in. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, artists are small businesses. And, you know, as, as people support small businesses, I think sometimes artists get overlooked. Um, and, I, you know, and, and, and if you're out there and you're supporting small businesses and you're looking for a piece of artwork, uh, I, I I can tell you that it's a greatly appreciated by a lot of artists out there who, you know, don't have these avenues now because of the restrictions and, you know, there's not art fairs and, you know, small galleries are closing and, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a smaller window for, for, you know, mid career and up and coming artists to really show their work, right? Artists at the top end, they haven't really suffered because, you know, Sotheby's and Christie's are having auctions and, and people are just paying ridiculous amounts of money, right? Uh, I think what did that uh, that uh, Winston Churchill painting just sold for eleven million dollars two days ago at a at an auction? So, so Super yeah, casual. Angelina Jolie stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Super casual, just a cool exactly. eleven million. Yeah, the art world is still alive and well. It's the levels there. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and uh, some reports are what, 35% of galleries and things have closed since the pandemic started. Right. And we're talking, you know, small galleries and, you know, these are all small businesses. Kansas City's done a great job. I mean, the Crossroads District and the Art District 
has, I mean, does a fantastic job, a lot of galleries. Um, and the, the expectation and the anticipation is that people are going to start showing up, right? The weather is, is, is starting to warm up, uh, the vaccines coming out. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good year in the art world. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I have to go back to Alaska. I know you've talked about it a lot <laughs> since then, but you just talked about randomly picking up and going to Alaska. We know, again, the endangered species and things like that that mean a lot to you. Like when you were in Alaska, what did you see that could be used as inspiration for some of your paintings or some things that you learned that later on in life were more important to you that you didn't know till you went to Alaska? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was in Alaska, the connection that the people had, I was in Petersburg, Alaska, and uh, the connection that people had to, to nature and the environment was, was really strong and really sincere. And it was really a good thing to see. I mean, people made decisions based on how that affects the environment and, you know, things of that nature. And that was, that tended to be the first, uh, the first thing that people considered when they did it. Um, and as a result, you know, you have a couple of things, right? You have Alaska, it's, it's relatively remote anyway, but you see in these towns to where, I mean, people just still admired the, the scenery. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you guys are, you know, driven through Kansas City, you guys have a million fountains and it looks nice. And there are days where you probably, you know, weeks, you probably never noticed it, right? You just kept driving by, you have other stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, the people that lived in Petersburg in Alaska, I mean, they always stopped and reflected on that, right? They were always looking at the ocean. They were looking at the, the mountains and, uh, and you just saw it thriving. I mean, I literally saw bears walking down the streets, you know, and, uh, and there were bald eagles everywhere. And, you know, so it was just really, really powerful, right? In a, in a sense, not to get too philosophical, but you know, oh, it, it please made do. Please that's do. what we asked you. <laughs> yeah. I want, give us depth, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, it, it made you really feel important and, and insignificant in the same way, right? You know, that it made you realize that you're part of a bigger piece, uh, but it also made you realize that you have a direct impact on what goes on in this environment, right? We're all connected together. So, uh, you know, people just, I mean, they lived off the land. I mean, they grew their own food and, and they had such a connection to, you know, fishing and hunting, but they did it in a responsible way for the most part to where, you know, there had to be rules and there had to be guidelines. And uh, because if those weren't there, then you get to a situation we are now with like, you know, sharks and other things to where, you know, they just may not be around because people are just, you know, plundering these resources, you know, and they're just, and they're just finite. And, uh, and so, but, uh, I mean, if you ever get a chance to go, I would recommend anybody to head up to Alaska because it is unbelievably breathtaking at every turn. Absolutely. I actually got to spend a couple of summers in Juneau area and I, there's only 40 miles of road. I didn't realize yeah. that. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? So what do you guys do? They're like, we have to fly to Seattle or we have to take a boat somewhere. Oh. Like that's the only right. way we can go. It's like, oh, okay, gotcha. And that's just incredible right. because with everything at the drop of a hat here, it's just so easy to get kind of used to the cushy surroundings of things. And so some of your art challenges, uh, barriers of all sorts and kind of causes people to be like, oh, okay, what's that? That's interesting. That's out of our usual realm. What are some of the pieces that are your, your most proud of in this current exhibit over at the Jones Gallery? So the Jones Gallery, uh, I have two pieces in this group show for March, and one of them is uh, is a rhino, uh, the rhinoceros, and it, it carries on with the almost extinct um, 
uh, theme that I have going on. And, you know, we have, we have some rhinoceroses that are, are literally, you know, uh, they are, there's more in, in captivity than there are in the, the wild nowadays. And, you know, these animals are being killed for their, for their horns. You know, people are grinding it up and they're using it for medicinal purposes, even though there's no medicinal value in there and for other, uh, you know, aphrodisiacs and things like that. So, you know, there are, you know, just horrific scenes of, of poachers, uh, you know, just cutting off the horns of these animals while they're still alive and then just leaving them, you know, leaving them, uh, to die. And it's just, it's just tragic that, you know, that, that this is occurring and, you know, that we have these, you know, these animals that are part of our environments, you know, globally that are just in danger of just never being around. I mean, could you, you know, can you imagine in a hundred years, it's just, you see something in a book that you can't go see now, right? Or they just don't exist anymore. Um, and that's, and that's one of the pieces I have there. Again, it's just to bring attention to, uh, you know, to the kind of the, the, the plight and the short sightedness that, that some people have. And, you know, I mean, these are complicated issues. So it's, you know, I understand that there's, you know, there's different rules globally and things like that. But, um, you know, anytime an animal is taken off this, off the planet before they should, I think is a cause for alarm, right? It, it, uh, has to, it disrupts the balance. You have one picture or one painting that was extremely interesting when I was looking at it. And it's the one of the, the native American and, and you have that one and it has the green paint that is, you know, just kind of dripping mm-hmm. down through it. Was there any symbolism behind that? What was the meaning behind the, the painting on that? Cause I interpreted it one way, but I just didn't know what your interpretation of it was. Yeah, so uh, you're talking about so the sitting bull. So uh, that yes. sitting bull piece, yeah, yeah, that sitting bull piece is a, uh, uh, and, and that that took a long time. So I took, I went through about a couple of dozen sketches before I, I made that. So so that is actually it's on a wood board, and then there's a 1960s uh, topographical map of of the Dakotas on there, and then on that map is I painted uh, sitting bull, and uh, you know we have a very poor history with the treatment of Native Americans in this country. And, uh, you know, Sitting Bull was a, you know, from all accounts, right, an honorable, uh, proud uh, member of the Native American community. And we, we just treated him incredibly poorly. And so with the, the green, uh, the ink that was painting down, you know, that was kind of portray this kind of a sense of sadness, right, a sense of sorrow, uh, of, of just how a, you know, entire, uh, you know, a, a group of people were just, were just, you know, mistreated, right? And were yeah. just taken advantage of. And, uh, you know, I tried to portray that through the, you know, through the depth there of the, you know, between the wood panel and the actual topographical map and, you know, and then him and him in black and white and then the, the green almost, uh, almost tears or rain falling down. Well, and, and I, when I interpreted it, I interpreted that, but I also looked at the symbolism of the green being like money. And yeah. that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of why I was asking, because when I saw it, it was the first thing I thought of was right. in, in, interpreting that. Now, let me swap over. A uh, crusty, let's go from, <laughs> I mean, let's, you want to talk about differences here, okay? Right. I mean, right. okay, how do you choose to yeah. paint crusty on this? Because that's really far away from sitting bull. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. And, you know, uh, I think art has a lot of different purposes, right? And, and on one level, art can just be personal and it can just be cool and it could be part of your room and could reflect your personality. And I'm a big fan of Krusty. I think he's one of the most underrated characters 
on television, right? Here's a, here's an entertainer of children who is just tormented by his, by his sins of smoking and drinking and, uh, and, and his corporate greed and all of that. Yet, uh, yet he portrays this, you know, this laughter and happiness. And, uh, and that's just the piece I think is just cool, right? I think it's just something that you could have in your room, you know, have in your house and I, it draws attention and just kind of makes people smile. I love it. I kind of want to know what the other underrated characters are out there that you might, I don't know, be inspired by from time to time. Boy, that's a really good question. Let me see some, some underrated, some underrated characters. Uh, Cause the Simpsons just had such a wide range of characters on that show and it's been going on for so long. That's an art they form did. in itself. I yeah, mean, they did. to have that continue. And I mean, I remember watching it growing up and it, I'm like, it's still going. Oh, okay. Sounds good. So I was just <laughs> I trying know. to catch up. I'm like, that's some Netflix content for years to come. It definitely is. I mean, like, like the principal on the uh, Simpsons, right? His name's B.F. Skinner. And there was an old, there was a, uh, a sociologist uh, named Skinner who came up with like the positive and negative reinforcement theory of behavior adjustment. So I'm sure that they pulled that name from, from him as the principal. Well, and, okay, so and you talked about Skinner and Krusty, and you talked about his greed, his sins, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm looking at your work, and a lot of it almost kind of, to me, and that's why I'm asking, it all centers around the mistakes that man is making and the extension of animals the, with, you know, even the painting that's directly behind you right now about not only the butterfly but the shark also being extinct. The reason they are going extinct is because of human greed. The Monopoly, uh, the Monopoly mm-hmm. car, another sign of, of greed of wealth of what that's all about is the Jordan shoes kind of along that as well, because that to me, based on our conversations is almost kind of another line of saying, look, this is a symbol of what human greed can make people do because of the symbolism of what those shoes now mean is if you're wearing those shoes, you now have to spend two and three and $400 sometimes. I mean, and that's the paradox, right? I mean, we, we have this, we have this, you know, culture, um, to where we do keep up with the Joneses, right? And we do have influencers that make us do things. And, uh, and that's a powerful tool. I mean, people are literally getting murdered over their shoes, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I have this social justice, uh, series that I'm just developing now, uh, about those types of things. Um, but, you know, you have these, you have these massive corporations and I, you know, I'm as guilty as, you know, I buy stuff from, you know, I go to Walmart and I buy Nikes and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, it, it's part of our culture, but, you know, it, it is the, the mechanism behind them, right? And, you know, and, and this, this uneven global playing field to where, you know, Nikes could be made for pennies on the dollar, but sold for 200. And, uh, you know, you have these massive corporations that uh, just have massive amounts of wealth. Uh, you know, I mean, Apple has, as I'm here on my MacBook Pro, but, you know, Apple has, you know, they have, what, $180 billion in cash that they just don't know what to do with right now, right? I mean, that's that's not a problem I have, but, you know, that's, you know, that they have. And, you know, you see these things, and then you can get into the, you know, what is too big, right? You know, how, how big is too big? And and I don't think there's anything wrong with people wanting to be successful and people wanting to have a good life and, you know, not to have to worry about money and stuff. But but then there's a legitimate question of, you know, how much is too much when it makes you make bad decisions, right? And I think that's the key. You know, if you're making these decisions that are disadvantaging one group for the sake of yourself or another, 
those are decisions we really have to look at. And, you know, and, um, you know, with Shaquille O'Neal is, you know, he's done a lot for low income communities and, uh, you know, he has his line of shoes in, in, uh, Walmart. Um, and one of the goals there was he didn't want to be endorsed by a big company, um, from what I've read, because he wanted kids to be able to afford cool shoes, right? And they can go and they can buy, they can buy his shoes for, you know, $25 versus 200. But, uh, I mean, there definitely is, I mean, the corporate influence is everywhere. And when you see pop culture references, I mean, it inherently goes back to these symbols that, Everybody knows. I mean, there's probably very few people on the planet that haven't seen the Nike swoosh, right? You know, and stuff. And, you know, same with, same with the monopoly. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, when it makes people make decisions that they would not normally make, I think that's when people just have to stop back, you know, step back and reflect upon, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. And I really uh, wanted to pick your brain just a little bit about what you think about the resurgence of art after, you know, historically speaking, after pandemics and after things shut down and there's kind of like some uh, dark periods of time. Historically speaking, there should be a period of light and rebirth of the art scene. Um, how do we get back on track? How do we start putting art back in communities and start getting back out there with uh, art outside of social media and trying to integrate the art community back together again? Yeah, I mean, that is, that is a great question. And there's no doubt that, that I, I think that the art scene is, is going to really start growing. And, you know, after, just like you said, after, after bad times, it, it tends to rebound. And I, I think a lot of people have been spending a lot of time in their homes and they've been looking around at the same walls. And, you know, home is a place of, of, uh, you know, a, a, extension of your personality and so and i think people are saying you know i, I want to make this more mine right I, you know i do spend a lot of time here and i do want to hang things on the wall that do have meaning to me for whatever whatever reason um and and i think as the vaccine gets out there you know i think uh art fairs and uh, i think galleries you know they they need to they need to work with communities and, uh, and, and have, have events that people come out, right? They celebrate artists. Uh, you know, I think there should be more murals on, on walls. Kansas City's done a really good job. You know, they have that mural alley down there, what a locust and, and, uh, you know, I think, I think things like that. I think they should get people in the community, you know, artists in the community to, to help kind of decorate the community, right? To, to make it feel alive. And, and that, promotes it right you see that you see these you see these colors and the, the, these paintings on buildings and you see this stuff and you see just i mean there's just about a million talented people in kansas city alone right i mean that you know it's just so many talented people out there and you give them the opportunity to have their stuff seen and i think that that spreads and i i, I think it starts to become infectious although i shouldn't use that probably during a pandemic but you know it it, you, you start to get this to where you're like, you know, that is really neat. That is, you know, that has feeling or meaning. And again, it doesn't have to be this deep meaning. It can just be, you know, that's really cool. I, you know, that makes me smile when I see it, you know? Uh, and I, and I think that as that grows, and I think we need to also tell kids, you know, I mean, schools are closing, there's budget cuts. And, you know, I think we need to tell kids that, you know, going into the arts is okay. And it's okay if you don't sell a painting for $12 million. You know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to sell a painting for $200. It's okay to never sell a painting at all. If you enjoy what you're doing and, you know, you put your heart into it and you can step back and say, you know, I made that right. I mean, there's, you know, the most intimidating time for me 
is when you're looking at like this blank piece of paper, right? Or this blank, this blank canvas. Uh, and then when it's done, you know, you say, look, I, I made that, right? You know, I took my time and I created this. And it's like with all the arts. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys are building something from, you know, there was nothing there. And then the next day you have something, right? And, you know, it's very incremental and, you know, nobody, nobody is just a superstar. And I, and I think we should get away from that kind of mentality that to be successful, you have to be the most famous or the richest and things like that. And I just think, you know, you can make an impact on a small group of people. And that's, and that's, I think that's really valuable. How do we, get more kids involved in arts and understanding that everybody has a way of self, you know, self-expression and using, uh, being able to paint, to draw, to do all that sort of stuff that it's okay because I know how impressionable a little kid can be when it, you know, it comes to, Hey, I'm, I'm drawing in class and somebody wants to look over and make fun of it. How do we kind of get away from that mentality? Yeah. And that's tough. And that is tough. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I've, you know, I, I've had no, you know, numerous jobs and uh, numerous people, and you know, I've been insulted and you know things like that. And as I get older, it's easier to to handle, right, and to realize what's going on. But as a kid, it's incredibly difficult. And I, I think school districts need to really fight for funding uh, in these programs. And I think they need teachers who are passionate about it as well um, to support the kids. And you know, this is all easier said than done, and I get it. But uh, you know. Art galleries, I think, should, you know, they, they should do what they can to, to, you know, to have classes, to have, you know, student competitions, to bring the value of it. I mean, podcasts like this talk about, you know, the value of art. And, and I, think, I think if we start to do that and start to realize that people need to make their own path and, and, and it's okay. And, you know, and I'm talking about all the arts, right? I mean, if you want to be a singer, you know, a rapper or, you know, go into acting or anything like that that uh, that there needs to be more communal support systems, right? And, and Kansas City has done a good job. They have a, they have a very good art scene, right? I mean, there are a lot of towns that don't have that. And, you know, it's more competitive than it is collaborative. Um, and I think if everybody just starts to have the conversation that, look, if I'm successful, we're all kind of successful, right? You know, and, and if you're successful, then that's also going to make me more successful, right? And and as Kansas City is is you know they they do have galleries and they do have these first Fridays and they do have these things that people can start to say, you know, it's okay to do this, right? It's okay to to, to try to be an artist to try to get a show in a gallery. And you know when I when I really got back into this and started dedicating myself, I had this list of goals. And you know the goals were small, right? It was to to have a painting hanging in a gallery, and uh, you know and I. You know, and that has been accomplished and it, and it feels good. I mean, you know, and it's, it, and it feels good, even if it doesn't sell. And I think we need to celebrate that kind of stuff. I love that. And then that kind of answers like why uh, Kansas City is the best place on earth because of hello, our booming art scene. That's our favorite question to ask people. And I know that since you're not in KZ, like permanently, um, it can always seem a little bit biased when we ask people. But if you have other reasons that you think Kansas City is the best place on earth, please feel free to share. (laughs) I do. And I did. I lived in Kansas City for a while. So uh, so I am familiar. So Kansas City, how I describe it to people is the biggest small town you'll ever go to. So it has this small town feel. People are still nice to each other. Uh, you know, the pace is a little slower and it, 
and it has all these big city amenities. It does. It has art. It has restaurants. It has music. It has you know major sporting events, and and it it, it is a different, unique field to where like St. Louis, I describe it as like the smallest East Coast city, right? It has that East Coast attitude and mentality, and uh, and they're very different. I mean, they're what 350 miles apart, but they are a world apart in in in, in attitude and atmosphere and stuff. And, and, you know, and I, I think Kansas City, that's, you know, that's very appealing for a lot of people to have that, to have that small town feel still yet you have access to everything you could, you could want. So, I mean, with it, as, as we're wrapping up, like obviously people can go see your work and, and per- probably, probably purchase your your artwork at the crossroads but if they if they can't if they want to look at some of your other work that may not be out there this week where can they go so they can go to my website which is just davidrogeri.com uh or on instagram and that's dave underscore rogeri uh, uh just at dave underscore rogeri uh on instagram and then you know somebody can send me an email uh you know i'm happy to talk to people about it uh uh, the crossroads uh, with the Jones Gallery, um, you know, they can go there and see those two pieces. But uh, you know, feel free to contact contact me directly, and uh, I'm happy to do it. And uh, you know, again, you can go to the website and look at look at the select pieces I have out there. Which, uh, uh, like you had said, you know, it's a it's a variety of stuff, right? It's a variety of stuff, and I and I and I and I like that. That's kind of what I try to accomplish. I think well, you definitely have done that and more. So, yeah. well, <laughs> Sitting I, I Bull, man, it. that's my favorite one. I'm loving Sitting I Bull. It. I do. I appreciate it. Thank you. I like that one too. That's, <laughs> I like that one too. <laughs> well, David, we appreciate you hopping on and, and talking with us about what all you're going to be doing in Kansas City. And, you know, it's not every day that we just get to hang out with a professor that has his PhD and everything else, and we're talking about, about art. It's kind of awesome. So we appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It's been great. It's been great.